If you've got a little story you need to share, pull up a chair, he'll listen. Despite of the name and despite of the logo, there's definitely no knitting on this show. Called Good Good Yarns. Alright, here we go. Another episode of Good Yarns, your weekly storytelling podcast where I, Shad Wicker, get a guest in uh, every week to share an outrageous and often quite funny story from their life. And we get to kick back and enjoy it. Uh, a couple of things before we get into this week's story. Massive thanks to all the people uh, in Brisbane who came out to our sellout live show at the Good Chat Comedy Club. Um, we recorded the whole thing with uh, Chris Martin, uh, Mel Buttle and Jake Smith all sharing a story live on stage. It was really fun. First time we've done it and I think it went well. I think it was pretty good. So just in the process of cutting that one down, um, it'll be a longer app, and hopefully we'll have it out next week. We'll see how we go. Um, also... I've started an Instagram just for the podcast, so it's easier for you to get in touch um, with your feedback. It is Good Yarns Pod. Link is in the description for the episode. Uh, that'll have all your clips, uh, content for or from the show as well. Uh, and also, like I said, just somewhere for you to get in touch. Maybe tell us what you think of an app, any questions, uh, and especially if you have a good yarn that you maybe want to share yourself. I'd love to get some of your stories on here. So if you've got one, please do get in touch. And uh, even to help you out, I'll be putting up um, a weekly kind of story with little thought sparkers um, that'll hopefully, like, you know, spark a little uh, memory of a story that's happened to you. Kind of like themes. Like I've done um, in the past, uh, Have You Been Robbed, which is one of the stories that we'll have in the coming weeks came from that Instagram story. So go and follow it at Good Yarns um, and uh, follow it to keep updated with the potty and hopefully uh, get a story to share of yourself. And, of course, rate subscribe all the deal with the podcast so uh, a longer story today but it is bloody crazy um, this week's storyteller is Jules now if you listen to the bonus app I put out a couple of weeks ago where I um, one of my own personal stories from the stage about almost killing a backpacker um, if you haven't heard it go back and listen it's bloody good <laughs> but also I mentioned a guy in there called Jules that was on the journey with me now this is that same person um, this is a story of his that actually happened to him about well, about one month prior uh, to the story I share of our crazy journey through the jungle. Um, being a longer yarn, though, I want to try and keep this a little bit shorter than usual. Um, basically, Jules read a book before travelling to South America, and this book uh, inspired him to visit a prison in Bolivia. And uh, that visit and who he met in that prison yes, inside the prison, yeah, uh, is the basis of your good yarn this week. Um, we begin with a little bit about the book. It's called Marching Powder and uh, why he wanted to go and see the prison while he was on his South American holiday. It is pretty wild. Uh, it's not rolling in fits of laughter, but it is sure as hell hectic. So please check it out um, and enjoy another good yarns. <laughs> So this fascination started in, would have been 2012, uh, when I read the book Marching Powder. The book starts with Thomas uh, at an airport in Bolivia. Okay. And he's just been caught trying to traffic a significant amount of heroin. Um, Whoa. And Thomas is a fella from the UK and, you know, he was just trying to make a bit of money. 
he gets caught with all of this heroin and gets thrown into a Bolivian prison. And so the story is written by a fellow named Rusty Young. He's the author who goes to this jail, meets Thomas, sort of experiences life in the prison. It's like, what the fuck is this place? Writes a book about it. Okay. Um, and the book just chronicles Thomas's life and how bizarre San Pedro prison is. So the, when you read the book, the, the first few chapters, Thomas getting arrested... Thomas ending up in jail um, and it's like the book paints a horrible depiction of the jail like horrific sort of shit and you're like oh I better put it on the list of things to do while I'm <laughs> yeah. in Bolivia yeah, that, that, that came a bit later on in the book but mm. someone had told me when they gave me the book to read they were like oh people go to visit this jail and so you're there reading you've got two three chapters in and you know it's talking about people getting stabbed and Jesus. sexually assaulted and, and like some fellas had been um Sodomized with a broomstick in the jail, like prisoners. Um, it's sounding like horrible fucking place. Yeah, or schoolies, like whatever. <laughs> like you know, whatever you're into. This is set in the Gold Coast. This <laughs> yeah, book. yeah. So we get to Bolivia. So I have a chat to my friend, whose name I will redact <laughs> for his own safety. Um, uh-huh. We'll call him K. Yeah. And he lines up. He asks a few people around, you know, "How do we go about getting in this jail?" And he speaks to. Uh, a fella who had put him in touch with a, a chap called Marcus. Kay sends Marcus a a note just going, hey, mate, we're here, let's do this. So Marcus goes, all right, come on and uh, meet us down at a cafe tomorrow morning or just go through a few things. So um, we, get to, we get to this cafe, Marcus meets us, and he's like, are you guys sure you want to do this for starters? I'm like, yeah, why? Why wouldn't we? So this isn't a. It's not like a tour tour. It's not like. Oh a no, no 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 no! There's nothing legal about. Let's go this. and have a look, and the prisoners are behind glass, and you can feed them if you You're want. You're not it's sitting not on a double decker bus yeah. going through. It's right. So this is this is off the beaten track. This is kind of absolutely okay. This is underground tour. It'd be like you know that show Dark Tourist. Yeah, and right. It just does dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. This is down that. It's nothing. You know, I haven't told my mum about this for right. obvious reasons. Um, you won't find it in Lonely Planet. Mm. And to this day, I don't know if they continue to do it, but with enough money in Bolivia, you can sort of do anything, really. <laughs> so we, we, we're we speaking to Marcus. He's like, all right, so first up, $200 each. That's the, that's my fee. A part of that goes to me. Another part of it goes to the guards as a bribe and also the prisoners to help with um, infrastructure improvements around the place. I'm like, oh, that's going to a good cause. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good I'm fascinated to know the projects that are going on in this prison. There's nothing happening in this prison. Yeah, <laughs> prison looks like fucking war Because the way it's sounding like... <laughs> so my question is, well, how are we getting in? He says, we're going to pose as Christian missionaries. So... He just says, look, the only thing you really need to remember when we get to the entrance, uh, yo vengo con Jesus. What the fuck? Yo vengo... <laughs> the Spanish, yo vengo con Jesus. Right. Which means, I come with Jesus. <laughs> so okay. in the event you get there and the guards are like, what are you doing here? You say, yo vengo con Jesus. Um, and he says, you, they shouldn't really ask you any more than that. So all you need is you need to give me the money, a photocopy of your passport, which you'll be leaving with them as your identification when you get to the little guard thing. Um, and then wear a college shirt uh, when you rock up tomorrow, which is a concern because I, I have no college shirts. Yeah, you've been travelling from South traveling. America. And the one I do probably has covered in blood, stains, whatever else. So we do that and he's like, look, 
is pretty safe, I think. Um, well, it really comes down to how the guards feel tomorrow, you know? Well, that's reassuring. Like, there's every opportunity you'll leave the jail. <laughs> right. But if they're in a bad mood, you might not. Far out. And this is a, Marcus, is he... Marcus. Is, is he Bolivian? Is he... No, no, English lad. He... Um, <laughs> tall white pommy guy. <laughs> what? I will say this, though. Everywhere you travel, there is a pommy guy There's running pommy some guy. kind exactly. of scam. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. Uh, whether it's a hostel, well, a fucking bar, some kind of... Tw- There's always a pom... In there, <laughs> just just creating an enterprise. So what we, are you what are you what are you expecting to at this stage? Like you've you've locked it in. You're going to come back tomorrow morning and head into this prison. What experience were you expecting to have there? Because you've been inspired by this book, and you want to go and have a look at it. Why do you want to go and have a look at it? What's so fascinating about this prison that you want to see the inside of it? I'd love to give you a deep thought out answer mm. you know it was cocaine it was, a, it was cocaine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the brass tacks yeah sure great sure. cultural experience yeah. no, hey. you know I'll write in my diary about it sometime hey, but I am not going to yuck I didn't up. go for the architecture <laughs> I was <laughs> so we get there the next morning we meet him at this cafe and um, we're there he's, we rock up he's got a big bag of bread and He's got four Bibles in his hands and he gives us each a Bible. <laughs> so we, we start walking towards the jail and the prison is a, a giant... It's a very intimidating structure right in the middle of their main square. So it's not, not out in the countryside somewhere. It's, it's right downtown in the middle of the town, more or less. It's well, a, like, a, like a town hall? Yeah, you could. That's it's where a town hall would be, right? You know? Like they like, built a city around a prison. Pretty much, it's wow. center square because the the largest um, police precinct is mm. directly next to it, and the the thing about this jail is it's not policed on the inside of the jail. So the guards, this is what makes the jail special. The guards are stationed on the outside, but as soon as you go through those walls. You, you're inside this ecosystem of a prison where guards aren't a thing. The, the inmates essentially run the jail. So the way it works is if you're a criminal and mm. you get you get prosecuted for whatever, you end up in jail. Yeah. You have to pay. You have to pay for your cell, like rent. You have to rent your cell. Okay. Um, you have to generally get a job inside the prison, whether that's selling trinkets or food or contraband or whatever it is. Who the fuck's buying trinkets in prison? Other people that need these trinkets. Are you apparently. telling me that even inside a Bolivian prison, there's some fuckhead selling wristbands? <laughs> <laughs> there's a shell necklace. <laughs> some guy weaving up bloody yeah. leathering. Oh, yeah. Three for ten bucks. There's yeah. a double Ray-Ban yeah. $20 sunglasses. <laughs> They've got everything. Um, so the idea is once you've gotten past these guards, you're, kind of, you're in the jail's hands now, right? It's, everything that happens is up to the jail at this stage. So I'm putting all of our faith in this... 34-year-old, tall, white guy named Marcus. Because once we're in, we don't know anyone except... Well, mate, you have the good him. book with you, so you should we've put, got a, the, we've put got a bit the of faith book. in that. And they're, they're, they're a very religious bunch down <laughs> in Bolivia. Of course they never heard of missionary, surely. <laughs> you think as a missionary, you'd be safe. Um, so we get there and we, we approach the structure and it's um, you go through the the perimeter walls of this big concrete wall. You can't see inside the jail. It's a huge concrete wall. Like a, the outer wall of any jail. There's a big wooden door and you go through this door and that's where you see the guards. And the first thing, the first thing you see 
is uh, like a big iron, huge iron fence, like barred fence. Yeah. And on the other side of that, about four or 500 prisoners who are just roaming around. And when they see you come through the big brown door, <laughs> they all just come flying up to that fence. <laughs> Hands through the fence. Ah, amigo, chico, chico, come, come. And you're just like, what the fuck have we done? I cannot go in there. This is... <laughs> Marcus, we're, fu- we're leaving, Fresh mate. Just keep the money. Yeah, keep the are. fucking money. Yeah. So Marcus goes and chats to the guards. Um, he gives him our little passport photocopies and whatnot, has him speaking in Spanish or something. And I'm like reciting in my head, I'm like, you're vengo con Jesus. And Marcus is like, very important. If you if you do get asked, you're vengo con Jesus, not you're vengo a Jesus. I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's like, that means I come on Jesus. <laughs> Shouldn't have told you that. I'm like, why did you tell me? Yeah, shouldn't have told you. The no, that's all that's in my head. <laughs> Fucking hell, Marcus. What are you here? Uh, why are you here? I come, I come on, on Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and the guard looks at me and goes, "Nombre." I'm like, "Yevengo Consciousness." And Marcus is just shaking his head. You didn't even let him ask. No, well, he's just like, "What?" The? He's like, he asked you what your name was, mate. <laughs> So we go. So we, we get past the guards. All right, they they don't really seem to care too much. And then we go in, and um, we kind of walk around the Gen Pop area, and there is a tunnel, um, and it's a big long concrete hallway. You know the kind of hallway that you would see in like Hostel or Saw. Yeah. Like just long concrete. There's a flickering light in the middle of it. Oh yeah. Rusty. The walls are leaking, like, why is concrete leaking? This is not how concrete behaves. So it's setting the scene perfectly. You're standing in there going, fuck, I'm not walking out of here with both of my kneecaps or my Achilles tendons. And you walk down this long tunnel um, and you get to the end of it and there's a there's a big steel door. Marcus knocks on the door, this flap opens up. See a couple of eyeballs looking at us. They jab us something. And then... Um, the door opens and we're in. So we get in there and then Marcus goes, all right, we're just going to wait because he has a friend on the inside and that's the person we're going to meet. So we'll go wait in the chapel. So we're sat there waiting. Um, oh, God, I hope no one comes up and asks you about scripture. <laughs> they wouldn't know how to speak English to do it. That's true. <laughs> no habla, no habla. <laughs> um, no, that was where the people came up and started selling us trinkets. Okay, right. So this is another thing. Before we went in, Marcus was like, make sure you take in 100 bucks with you. After the 200 you pay me, take in 100 bucks because um, some of it you can use for trinkets when the inmates come up and try to sell you shit and you dare not say no. You just buy whatever it is they're selling. And then the other money is to potentially bribe your way out if the guards don't want to let you in. <laughs> so be conservative with the trinkets. <laughs> And then uh, we're sat there waiting and then this fella walks in from the end of the chapel, sort of beeline straight for Marcus. Marcus stands up, he's like, amigo. So we knew this is the guy. And this guy had like, he had a small entourage of people with him, you know. Everyone was kind of just like, people almost bowed down when, when he walked past. Um, and he, uh, he greeted us, he's like, amigos, welcome to my home. Like, come, come with me, come with us. Welcome to my home. Something Mikasa, I'm like, welcome. fuck it. Welcome to my home. It's a prison. <laughs> I've just put the kettle on, you know. I mean, I was like, like, look, give him five stars for his optimism. Mate, hospitable bloke. <laughs> this hospitable isn't my bloke. prison. This is my home. <laughs> my humble abode. 
Good on him. Yeah, he seemed um, he's he's a, he's a very interesting fellow. So um, he he picked us up and then he walked us over to his cell. Now this fellow's name was was Pedro, classic um, mm. South American name, and immediately you kind of knew that he was. Uh, like he looked like a Bolivian, but he spoke with he spoke fluent English and had an American accent in a way as well. Okay. Took us to his cell, and his cell is is probably smaller than this room. It's quite quite tiny. Um, the door is uh, is three rugs that have just been folded together. So there's no proper door. You just push through these rugs. You're in the cell. Uh, he's got some you know like some posters and stuff hung around and. A um, couple of records and a cat that's roaming about. So nice, quaint little, mm. little thing. And he sat us on the bed. Serious-looking man, but was was well was like a warm sort of person. And then he started talking about who he was. And this is where, like, you can you can hear this and think, oh, "All right, mate. Like, this you're just blowing a bit of steam here. You know, there's a lot of mayonnaise on this story." Uh-huh. Pedro, his dad is the second in charge at one of Bolivia's largest cartels. <laughs> um, Pedro's name was on the shipment of about four tonnes of cocaine moving across into, into Mexico. Right. It's because he works for the business as well. So that's how he got done. That's how he ended up in prison. When that happened, um, it sparked a bit of a, like a war amongst the cartels because four tonnes of cocaine go missing. That's a lot. I didn't even know you could put the word ton in front of cocaine. There's so much cocaine. <laughs> so someone's got to pay for that, right? You yeah. know, they don't just write that off. Like, there's going to be some bloodshed. So shit hits the fan. I think Pedro cops a bit of blame for it, gets sent to jail. And the system over there is so corrupt that should the dad want him out of jail, he could pay for it like that. Pedro leaves jail. But the dad goes, no, 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 I'm going to keep you there for a little while because we'll wait for this war to die down. It's safer for you in the jail where you can control your surroundings a little bit more. What? That's outrageous. That's bizarre. It's a bizarre theory. Well, the way you've described this prison, it's got an apartment block inside it. You know, people are selling trinkets. It doesn't really sound like a prison. He's probably got the guards working for him as (laughs) well. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's in this jail just sitting around. And so anyway, and this is where I guess you could sort of say his dad's fears were validated a bit. So Pedro's like, look, a couple of months before you guys actually got here, um, my brother went missing for a few weeks and they found him a couple of weeks later in Sao Paulo in Brazil, mate, big city in Brazil, in um, 16 different districts at the same time. Oh, whoa. Uh, so you do the math and how that's possible. Yeah, man, that's, um, that's a lot of money on Uber. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even have Uber there at the time, <laughs> so... So that's like, you know, I reckon to this day, that's the most hectic statement anyone has ever said to me. I've heard some hectic shit in my life, but that, how do you respond to something like that? You know, like, I don't don't know how to have these sorts of conversations. Far out. And then he he talked about, it's safer for me here. I, I can sort of, I know my angles. I know who's coming at me and when. And that's when I'm like, right, I can ask a question because this is a way into this conversation. Like, right, so these guys... Like you pay them, you know, they're, they're sort of like, you just pay them, they work for you. And there was one particular fellow who was like almost his butler following him around. And so he, he must have thought I was talking about him. He's like, this man. I was like, yeah, this guy. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he lifted up his shirt and on his gut, he had 
three like gash like uh, scars three big scars on his gut I was like ooh what the fuck happened and it's like this guy when I first got to the jail didn't know who I was and tried to assert a bit of authority and stabbed me a few times just came in stabbed me and obviously I recovered I'm fine and when he found out who I was and what he did I told him that for as long as I'm on this earth you will do every single thing I ask of you or I will have your entire family wiped off the planet and then I will dig up your dead relatives and shoot them too Jesus Christ This guy went from Happy Hi how you doing well, I want the old here. Pedro back yeah. <laughs> What happened to the Oh whoops It was a ton of cocaine <laughs> Can we have some cocaine now Fucking hell Just Jeez that took so, That took so a far, turn So far out of our depth You know I'm like why did I have to ask a question <laughs> And <laughs> what was your just... reaction How did you react oh. to that <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh. So we've been watching the World Cup <laughs> We've been Bolivia's doing well In the football Fucking Holy hell. Holy shit. So I think he knew after he told us that the room it was, was tense. It was a bit much. The room yeah. was tense. He's like, these these three, you know, Australian lads, I don't know what I'm talking about mm. right now. So he saved us all and he sat back. He's like, okay, senores, who would like to try some cocaine? I'm like, oh my gosh. We thought you'd never fucking ask. He's got cocaine in the prison? So they make cocaine in the prison. They 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 smuggle in all of the um, leaves and stuff. The things they need to make yeah. it with, and then they produce it in the prison, and it leaves the prison. The reason it's um, supposedly so good in the jail is because uh, they don't cut it. So they'll they'll make it in the prison, then they'll send it out to the minions, and then it goes through the cutting process and whatnot. But if you're having it in the jail, you're having it. From scratch, you know, right. the way it's meant to be made, uh, consumed. Sure, uh, it's it's it's, it's paddock to nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like picking up a turn. Well, paddock and to plate, it. really. <laughs> it is still paddock to plate, isn't it? In this case, <laughs> CD cover. Okay, right. to, mm. <laughs> doesn't even have any plates. This guy's got cocaine. Oh no, he's got no plates. He's got cocaine apartments and people selling trinkets, but they don't have any plates in this prison. No cutlery, <laughs> nothing. I'm sure he eats a steak with a credit card. This. this Nothing. So this guy's like, what a nervous line of cocaine to be having in well, front of a guy that just told you that one of the other people in this room's here because sure. I'll murder his whole family. Sure, if he's but at this stage, I don't have another option, do I? Well, you you're know? not going like, to piss not... this guy off, are you? No, you're it's, do it's this not to offend the man. <laughs> I want to be a good guest. He's trying yeah, to be a good man. host. Yes. Um, so he he he, he finds the same minion guy. He jabbers a number to him, and that guy runs off, and eventually comes back with some. Um, it's like wrapped in paper, and um, he takes it and he empties it out. And Marcus is just there um, cutting it up. And at this stage, the conversation is lightened up, and we're just talking about whatever. Yeah, you're just having casual conversation. Casual conversation. Like, yeah, I murdered this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was really a sunny funny. day. It was warm. Yeah. Um, the the thing starts getting passed around. We all we all. Uh, spank one and the first 30 seconds you should be able to feel like you know if it's if it's good you should be able Some to feel reaction. like you can like, free climb Everest and sure. speak nine languages you, so you what kind of confidence did this give you so so 30 60 seconds have gone by nothing I'm, I'm still I've sat there I felt like like I had 
pride. Nothing, nothing is the best way of putting it. So I'm thinking, what a fucking letdown this is. I've come in. I hope this you prison. didn't vocalise that. I mean, because <laughs> absolutely not. I'm like he doesn't. Ah, he doesn't right. strike me as the guy that takes constructive criticism very well. well. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't articulate that to him. Well, he. They'd gone around and, and yes, yeah, so sixty seconds or so. I'm still sit, sitting there. There's no feeling, and he he looks at me and goes, "Bien, bien, good." Oh no! And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, man. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> tingle, tingle, tingle. Great." And he knew I was lying instantly. He knew I was. I obviously didn't commit to it. Man, he's enough. made a business of not when people lie or not. And he he's sort of gone. Um, ah. Uh, He's like, nothing yet. I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, amigo, good cocaine, you shouldn't feel it in a minute or so. Like, mm. good cocaine, it comes, you know. Like, okay. a few minutes go past. And I'm like, I'm hearing him say this. I'm like, this bloke is full of shit, yeah. you know. Like, that sounds like something a drug dealer would say. I bet you those cuts aren't even real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had no confidence at this stage. I'm just like, you're blowing steam out of your ass now. Nothing you've said before this is true, obviously, as well, you know, because you've just you've broken yeah. my trust with yeah. this. Um, and I feel like the, as soon as that head came into my mind, it was gone instantly. And I sat back in my chair. Whoosh. <laughs> it was like I was a marshmallow <laughs> and someone had... had Roasted me uh, gently over a fire and then dipped me in a mug of warm cocoa. You know, just. <laughs> I should dis- say. What a description. Drugs are bad. <laughs> Don't do them. There'll be a disclaimer for this. Kids, if you are listening, <laughs> drugs are horrible. Don't do them unless you do them in a Bolivian prison. Then do them. <laughs> but everywhere else, don't do them. So what, like. What did he just chuck some music on in his party he had for a bit? A bit or like so we what? sat there, and this is where everything gets a little bit grey because I was genuinely fuck-eyed. So I don't, I don't remember the proper ins and outs of the conversation. Do you remember getting out of the prison? I do, <laughs> I do remember that. Um, yeah, I remember getting. Yeah, well, we weren't there for too much longer after this, right? Because this is ultimately what we came for. I don't want to. I don't want to have had to have the best line of my entire existence to be sat in a two by two meter cell. You know, yeah. I need some some fresh air at this stage. I need yeah. some space. Um, so we we talked a bit of smack, I think, and then we went outside and um, we just walked around the courtyard. And he was giving us a bit of a tour of the area. So this area he was in was isolation. And it's isolation because everyone in this area had either committed a offence in the prison by like assaulting someone, or was the victim of an offence in the prison had that, been assaulted. That seems like a flawed. This is not where I want to be right now. <laughs> but that seems like a flawed logic from this prison, because by that logic, if you get beaten up by someone, they're going to put them in the same place. We just don't want to start that's a fight with the want. rest of the prison. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's you two have got a problem. Exactly. You can go over sort there together. Sort it out. Far out. This place is whack. Yeah, crazy. So uh, there aren't too many people in this area, but you know, I was I was keen to see other parts because at this stage now I'm now you've I'm got like, confidence. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a dangerous. Thing I'm the wolf on Wall Street right now. Yeah. I am like, woo, take me everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we look, we we. We explored around for a little bit and saw a few other things and then eventually um, went back to his section and that's when we're like, all right, no, get the fuck out of here now. And he's like, It's well, worn off now. I'm not as confident yeah, exactly, anymore. Exactly. Well, let's have another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's have another one right now. And he's like, well, do you guys, do you guys want to, you want to buy something to go? Um, 
like, yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Definitely want to buy something. Yeah, else. sure. I want to smuggle cocaine yeah, out, out of the prison. prison. Much well, easier than smuggling it in. I mean, sure. I paid for the... Baguette. I wore socks. This is why I wore socks. I paid for this experience. Exactly I want right. to go the whole way. I want to leave with a goodie bag. Yeah, what um, else? You want, to, want me to assassinate someone as well? Can I get the full... So we take it, put jam it into the sock, uh, and then and then we start making our way out of the prison, and we, we walk back through that, that uh, hella ugly corridor and get to the front, and the guard sees us, and... He just gave me my my little photocopy back, my passport. Thanks for coming. Goodbye. So we just jam it in my pocket and walk out. You didn't even you didn't even have to say that you come on, to, come on to, Jesus. Didn't have to sign a guest book. I didn't have to say I'm leaving with Jesus. Just leave. Gave the prisoners all the bread and shit. Um, just left. Holy shit! And then we were out. Yeah, into the uh, big bad world of Lapaz. Oh, yeah. And then obviously gave the cocaine to the authorities and definitely didn't partake in that. Via my septum, <laughs> yes. There you go, another awesome story on Good Yarns. That one's from Jules inside a Bolivian prison. Uh, make sure you rate, subscribe and uh, leave a review for the potty. It all helps us to get the word out there for the pod. Um, and also follow our new Instagram, at Good Yarns Pod. That's where you can get in touch about the show. Maybe even you've got your own story. Maybe you heard Jules's and you've been inspired with a good yarn of your own. Hit us up there. You can still follow me on my socials for all things to do with my comedy, at uh, Wicked Shad. Um, I won't share Jules's details because this story, as you've just heard, a bit dicey. <laughs> um, our live show was filmed and recorded. So hopefully next week, if not the week after, we will put out the um, full audio from the episode of the live show in Brisbane. And uh, I will be putting out some of the footage over the next week or so, just little bits and bobs of it, as well as some footage on my socials of another live show I do called Shad and Pete Save the World. So uh, keep up to date. Follow both accounts at Good Yarns Pod at Wicked Shad uh, for everything that I'm doing and everything the potty is doing. Enjoy the rest of your time, whatever you're doing, listen to this pod, and we'll catch you next week for an app. Peace.